If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email, or visit us at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find Sarah's email in the show notes. Also, we would like to say a special thank you to St. Paul Lutheran Church of Springfield, Minnesota, and Pastor Trish Matson for sponsoring this week's episode. And he, he did. I mean, he kept, I mean, as we've already said, he kept turning the tables on the scribes and the Pharisees, and he kept turning the heat up on the law. Oh, you think, rich man, that you have obeyed all Ten Commandments? How about this one? What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. We have both of Luther House of Studies co-directors, Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson, back on the podcast to talk about this week's lectionary text, where Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the King of the Jews? Dr. Krogan and Sarah teach Adam Curie and I what it means to call Jesus a king and the political and religious ramifications this has between Jesus, Pilate, and the government, and the Jewish community. Pilate doesn't see the justification to put Jesus to death. The Jewish leaders say he needs to die because he blasphemed against the Torah. He who knew no sin became sin. Despite being sinless, Jesus willingly delivered the promise of forgiveness in exchange for his death. I can't wait to share this week's interesting conversation with you. But first, here's John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But, as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both of our co-directors with us this week, Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. So we are in the Gospel of John this week, and a couple episodes ago, I thought we would stay out of John, but here we are. <laughs> We're back. Here we are. <laughs> We're, We're back. back. Sad. Another uh, special. No, summer. I like to be in John. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> but why are we here again, or what's the sort of significance of this John 18 text? Yep, this is the last. Um, gospel for that particular cycle in the in the lectionary that we're in. So this is the last Sunday in the church year, technically. 
And it's always been uh, known as Christ the King Sunday. And so um, it's a special text for that day. Um, now, what's going to be interesting is when we say Christ the King, a lot of people are thinking, wow, this is, this is power, this is glory. But, yep, this is going to be important. Um, but this text is laying out what does it mean that Christ is the King? He's going to be put on trial for that exact accusation. And so it's at the very end of today's text, so come back to this as we get there, is what does it mean to call Christ king? And it happens to do with his voice and the truth, but we'll get there. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, starting out, this is the first gospel reading in a long time where it actually introduces Pilate to us. We get to see a conversation he has with Jesus. Um, and it starts out with him entering the headquarters mm -hmm. and summoning Jesus to him. Yep. And then they start their conversation. Yep. Uh, but one of the challenges in preaching this text, and just I was just actually walking through this text with a group of pastors, and their biggest frustration was, you've only got, what, five, 33, 35, five verses here in a much longer narrative. And so at, you can absolutely, if you're preaching this text, feel free to either pick up some of the verses on the front end or definitely um, a verse or two or significantly more than that after verse 37, which is where this text stops. But just to kind of fill you in on the then Pilate entered the headquarters. Obviously, you kind of get the feeling you're coming in mid-story. Yeah. So what had happened is, prior to verse 33 here, Jesus had been questioned by the high priest, and Peter had denied Jesus three times. That's already happened. Pilate mm -hmm. had come outside of his headquarters and challenged the Jewish officers who had arrested Jesus. And Pilate says now in verses 31 and 32, take him yourselves, judge him by your own law. And the Jews said to Pilate, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So verse 33, where this text picks up for this week, is Pilate entered the headquarters again. He had to go outside of the headquarters because the Jews didn't want to be defiled by going inside. So mm -hmm. now Pilate goes back in, <clears throat> summons Jesus, and says, are you the king of the Jews? So when he... When he asks this question, maybe we'll get to this later. Um, but when he says king of the Jews, is this a, a political title? Is this a theological title? Or what's implied? Yeah, uh, so the, by the death title? sentence would be against Caesar, that you somehow you have trumped Caesar's claim of being ruler. And so that's why Pilate, if, he, if, if Jesus answers the affirmative, death sentence is the judgment then. And so it is a political question that Pilate's laying out there. Are you the king of the Jews? And this is exactly, again, what the Jews were hoping for is, good, let's have Jesus go under the accusation of going against Caesar, and then it's not us killing him. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. us his, putting him His blood isn't on clean. our hands. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, as normal, Christ kind of turns it on them. Uh, do you ask this on your own? Or did others uh, tell you about about me? Uh, mm -hmm. Can you kind of tell what what's he doing here with this question? Yeah, and you're right. It's as normal. So let the games begin with Jesus because you're going to see he will never in this text or elsewhere, he will never actually just answer the question directly with a yes or no. 
because that would give the Jews or Pilate, in this case, the ammunition he needed to have him crucified if he confesses. Oh, yes. So, Which is important because your righteousness is, look, he implicated himself. Yep. So this is driving forward everybody, the sin. Because if Jesus doesn't give them a righteous reason for either letting them go mm-hmm. or a righteous reason for killing them, then it literally is still on their confession, on their judgment, not on Jesus handing them a righteousness in the law. And he's also doing what he tended to do, tends to do, is he's starting to draw a confession out from the one who is trying to hang Jesus on his own words. So he asked Pilate the question, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? So Jesus clearly knows the answer here that Pilate had heard about Jesus. He certainly had heard the accusations that Jews were leveling against Jesus. And that accusation was that Jesus is going around forgiving sin. Only God can do that. So he's starting to draw Pilate down the path too, as Pilate's trying to get Jesus to give him room to kill him, basically. Or to let him out. Or to let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Pilate's not really in... An interested player in this whole thing. Which is what is clear, even in the next verse 35, Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation, the chief priests have handed you over, which by the way, in the Greek is paradidomai, which is betrayed. They've betrayed you. They've handed you over to me. What have you done? So Pilate here doesn't really have a dog in this fight, but he knows he's in the middle of a problem he didn't create. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily have, well, he doesn't have a problem with Jesus, yeah. which is why he says, I'm not a Jew, am I? I'm mm-hmm. not a Jew. This isn't my problem. And it, by the way, was your own nation and the chief priests who betrayed you, paradidomite. So we, it's, a, I mean, it's a decent question then. What have you done? Yeah. yeah. What yeah. have what, you what, done? What did you do to like, make them the actually want me to kill you? Because this would be an extreme offense to the Jews that somebody outside of the Jewish nation would have authority to kill a fellow Jew. Mm-hmm. I mean, so just think of, of how extreme this is, is you got handed over to me by your fellow people. They protest when, I, when, we, when we string people up from your nation. They're not pr- protesting. They're actually saying, do it. Mm. It's just so weird. It's such a drastic change from even like two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking about how this, it was gradually coming to this mm-hmm. um, and this change of events, but it's just, I mean, it's so crazy to think about, especially when you try to put yourself there. Yeah. Like they were praising him. He was the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they've turned right. on him. Um, and the gospel of John, this is, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the raising of Lazarus on, on mm-hmm. All Saints. Right after he raises Lazarus, the Jews say, we got to kill this guy. He mm-hmm. has demonstrated way too much power. In the Gospel of John, they want they, they literally start conspiring, how are we going to kill this guy? In addition, how are we going to kill Lazarus again? Poor Lazarus. They're like, we're going to hunt Lazarus down. And so I mean, they are so upset because they're afraid people are starting to believe in him. Mm-hmm. Well, but at they, that point, they've been humiliated enough yeah. that there's no way to outwit him out 
like yeah. law him. Trap they can't, him. Yeah, they can't do anything under the law to actually get him other than, all right, well, if this is it, he raised a guy from the dead. We got to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jesus goes into a really interesting quote here, actually, and he does kind of answer Pilate's question, but he said he says that if his kingdom were from this world, his followers would be fighting to keep him. Right. But mm-hmm. he says um, that since his kingdom is not from here, yep. that's why they're handing him over to the Jews. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? What is he saying well, just, in that? Just think in normal politics. Okay. So if you just if, if my kingdom were a normal political kingdom, then there'd be an insurrection against you right now, Pilate. Because they'd be like, "Hey, you can't take away our leader. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't. You know." So it would be, you know, storming Pilate's offices and saying, "You know, no, this this isn't possible." But Jesus actually wasn't about politics. People recognized he wasn't about politics. Had he been this political savior, that everybody would have gotten behind him and pushed it through and say, "Let's overthrow Caesar and everybody that's under him." But the reason, the reason. His followers are not fighting to keep him from being handed over to the Jews, as as he's saying, is because his followers, remember, Peter had just betrayed Jesus, denied Jesus three times just before this text. So the reason they're not fighting to keep him from being handed over to the Jews is they know if they fight to try to protect or defend Jesus, they're next on the hit list. They're going to die. It's self-preservation. Ordinary in the, in the most pol- wrong way. Yeah. But it, it is in every All everyone here. Are. Jesus is is drawing that out. It's driving evil forward. Because up in the we already talked about Pilate. Pilate doesn't want the blood on his hands. He says over and over, and he does after this little short text, I don't see anything wrong here. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I there's I don't see a crime here. The Jews also had said, this is 31 and 32, verse 31 and 32 of John 18, take him yourself, Pilate. It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. They want him killed, but they don't want to do it because they are trying to protect their own righteousness, (laughs) their own justification. This might be a really oversimplified question, but what did Jesus do politically, other than the Jews handing him over to Pilate, what did he do politically that deserved death? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, that's the point. That's the, that's he exactly who it. knew no sin became sin. Yep. He hadn't done anything. He offended the wrong people well, by healing. And we actually, by actually making himself the son of God is how nine, verse, chapter 19, verse 7, which again, it comes after these. This is so truncated. When Pilate says... I don't see any guilt in Jesus. I don't, there's nothing here. There's no justification in the law to kill him. The Jews answered that Jesus had broken the Jewish law by making himself the son of God. That's how John puts it. Mm-hmm. And that's 19.7. That's what he did. He went around forgiving sin. He went around actually raising the dead, which is the only person that could raise the dead would be somebody yep. that's God. So we've got to stop this blasphemy going around because people are just keep in mind if you're jewish you know this can't be god because that would be so when it's somebody's doing stuff that's making other people lead them astray 
just just think about how frustrated we get when we like, no, they're being led astray from Christ. Well, this is the Jews. They're being led astray from the Torah. And so they're like, we got to end this because he is actually leading our, our Israel, our nation into heresy. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we got to just stop this. We mm-hmm. got to end, end heresy. And he, he did. I mean, he kept, I mean, as we've already said, he kept turning the tables on the scribes and the Pharisees. And he kept turning the heat up on the law. Oh, you think, rich man, that you have obeyed all 10 commandments? How about this one? So he did just continually frustrate their attempts to be righteous in the law. So uh, uh, he has this, this uh, quip, this, my kingdom is not of this world, mm-hmm. uh, making this sort of distinction. This is not a, uh, he comes not to bring a political kingdom. Right. Uh, Pilate's still confused uh, because he seems to imply he is still a king. And so he says, mm-hmm. so you are a king. Uh, and Jesus, it's not from here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and Jesus uh, answers, uh, not even affirmatively, but just that he just says, "You say that I am a king." Right. Yep. In other words, he's it's not going to make it easy for Pilate it's either. Again, no, it's driving yep. evil forward on all fronts. Yep. I mean, Pilate in this text doesn't actually say that. He asks two questions: "Are you a king?" So he doesn't say, "You are a king." Affirmative, but Jesus plants that there and Pilate doesn't deny it, I guess. Yeah. 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 No. So it's. And again, as, as you read through the rest, Pilate keeps trying to say, I don't see a problem here. I don't see it. Yeah. I feel like this text is so hard because someone like me who leads on emotions, you want, you, you get to see a little bit more of Pilate mm-hmm. and you all growing up, it's Pontius Pilate killed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's put in our head mm-hmm. is it's Pontius Pilate declared Jesus's death. He's mm-hmm. the one who tortured. He's the one who killed. He's the bad guy in he's, the story. He's the, he's the obvious bad Pontius guy. Pilate. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you once you start to actually dive into the texts, you you see the humane side of him a little bit. Like you see him trying to fight with this and like trying to ration it out in his mind mm-hmm. because. I mean, it, it just, it makes you sympathize with him and you don't yeah. want to sympathize with him. Well, he's, cause he's playing, it's a political battle that he can't, yeah. that Jesus will not play. And so mm-hmm. he can't win. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and so Pontius Pilate is doing exactly what Peter did, mm-hmm. which is exactly what the Jews did is they're all in the self-preservation mode. And Pontius Pilate is doing that as well. Trying to use the law, just happened to be the Roman law mm-hmm. to so, protect himself and preserve himself from an accusation that would get him in trouble or lose some kind of political benefit or anything like that. And Christ actually thwarts self-preservation through mercy mm-hmm. because self-preservation always comes to the law. And he says, no, I'm going to lay my life down. It's going to be literally giving my life away. It's all that kind of stuff, which always it, it confounds people when you don't defend yourself. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most confounding thing is like, Hey, no, no, that's not playing the game. You admitted that you're, 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 you're just letting it go. And then they're like, no, no, you know, so that's. But one of the, I think one of the ugly ironies that is hard to come to terms with in this text as we're talking through the, layers and layers of self-righteousness and sin, Jesus as is continuing to expose literally on the cusp of his crucifixion. Is it is all of that sin and 
attempted self-righteousness, Jesus takes in the flesh Mm -hmm. as well. And he knows that. Mm -hmm. Jesus knows exactly what is about to happen and more importantly, why. And it's this sin too, all the stuff we've been talking about, Jesus also takes on in his flesh. Yep. This is this is literally paying for our sin against him. Mm-hmm. It's not that he is paying money to keep us from having sin or removing cleaning the slate by paying a debt. It's literally he he is taking on the sin of the world in his flesh and allowing himself to be not defended but crucified as a result of this. So he gives this uh, he says you say that I am the king. And he says, for, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world uh, to testify to the truth. Uh, and these are pretty, it's a pretty big claim. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this the is question, why I was born. Yeah, this is, I mean, the question would be, I mean, commonly, what is this truth that he's testifying to? Mm-hmm. Right. So for one thing, when we hear it now, it's easy to think of it as just a, Little T truth. Um, well, you have your truth. I have my truth. Jesus had his truth. <laughs> oh, what yeah. he what he's saying though, and this is actually the Greek word. It's aletheia, which is not just truth the way we would think of a truth claim, or I'm speaking my truth, but it's actually um, divine truth revealed to man, also meaning reality. So even in the Greek, it's clear this is not the way we understand. I'm going to speak my truth. Philosophical no. or um, subjective. No, it's not. And so it begs the question then, what is that truth? And that truth is everything we've been talking about to this point. We are sinners in need of forget- forgiveness, and not just in the abstract, but the forgiveness only Jesus delivers, that I am the way, the truth, the life. That's it. It's Christ and Christ alone. And his ministry on this earth is just about at its fulfillment now, because he is about to take our sin in the flesh, die and be resurrected three days later. And in that resurrection, of course, he goes after the resurrection, goes around forgiving his very betrayers. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And so what the truth here is God, is, again, you're in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, word was with God, and the Word became flesh. So Jesus is the truth because he's the Word. What does God do with the Word? Every time he speaks, he is creative, and he makes a new creation. He makes life and through promise. What is, is the, what is the not truth? The lie. And the lie is, did God really say, coming out of the devil's mouth? Mm-hmm. So what Jesus comes back to is to testify, no, God's name is truth, which is gift, giving God. I'm a giver, which is all what the garden was. And the devil comes in and says, did God really give? Is God really true to his word? And so Jesus comes back and says, watch, God will be true to his word because you're going to sin against me. And what's going to come out of my mouth? Not I'm going to get even, but a promise called forgiveness. And so that's how he's testifying to the truth, and anybody who listens to in the beginning was the word, that is Christ's mouth, which is God's name is mercy, not God's name is get even or the law, 
anybody who listens to that belongs to him. They listen to his voice. Belongs to the truth. Yep. And they have the truth and the truth sets them free. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that Pilate was right in wondering what Jesus must have done to deserve the Jewish community handing him over to be put to death. But that's the truth that Jesus came to testify to, that we're sinners in need of a forgiveness that only Jesus can deliver. It's Christ and Christ alone. He's the way, the truth, and the life. As you heard Dr. Krogan say, Jesus will say to us, watch, God will be true to his word. You will sin against me. And instead of justifying myself and giving you what you deserve, I will deliver the promise of forgiveness. Luther House of Study wouldn't exist without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. We also invite you to stay connected to the ministries that are happening at Luther House of Study by following our page on Facebook, subscribing to our newsletter, or watching our resource videos at lutherhouseofstudy.org. If you found our conversations helpful in understanding gospel texts, please send this episode to a friend or family member who you think would find it helpful, enjoyable, or interesting, even if they've listened to the podcast before. We appreciate your grassroots support in spreading the good news. Thanks again for joining us this week. Jesus is Christ the King. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.